0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM on a Friday, a Food drive Friday. Well, not yet. Next week, a Food Dry Friday is going to start. It's going to be a seven week initiative to uh, replenish the food shelves. We're going to talk with Lacrosse County Health Department social worker Lindsay Schwarz Nichols uh, a little later in the show. And and talk about what the the county and the hunger task force are doing to to, to help essentially just replenish the food shelves with everyone losing their jobs and people who were living to paycheck to paycheck are no longer getting a paycheck so pretty obvious what, what what is what is happening especially in our community probably the most impactful thing happening in our community right now is as people are social distancing and and out of work uh, before that however though we're going to talk with an ICU nurse. Her name's Jordan Kazi. She's a Genoa native, so just south of La Crosse. And she she was working in an ICU. She's a trauma nurse in the St. Paul area, and she just quit her job. And she didn't lose her job because those jobs are probably the the, the biggest jobs happening in the area right now, the, the most needed jobs, I should say. But she quit her job. It sounds surprising, but she quit her job to head to New York City to Essentially, take on the same job and and then some in the battle of COVID nineteen as New York City has hit the hardest from this virus. Uh, Grant we Grant Bills is in the studio if you're watching on Facebook Live that that's him there. But uh, Grant the, the we we talk about uh, the last couple of days the voting in Wisconsin and the debacle that that was. It but you yeah. know, when when I say debacle, everyone in the lacrosse area is like, What are you talking about, debacle? I went to the polls, there was nobody there. There there's this discrepancy from what we have to go through as as lacrosse area people and and, and the, the population is, is well diminished versus Milwaukee and Madison people and having, you know, lines around schools and, and yeah. waiting hours to vote.
1: Yeah, so when we get calls and texts from people who say things like, "Well, I had no issue voting, right? Voting for me was cooked." Well, that's the point, right? People in communities like Lacrosse and on Alaska, that's who the the right, the conservatives, that's that's the votes they want, right? That's the whole point. It, it's the bigger cities where you typically get a lot more liberal voters that the vote was pushed down, it was suppressed a little bit. And I get people hear voter suppression and and they think I'm being biased. That's just how it shaped up. Right. That's how this election shaped up. And by the way, th- that's not a slight on the people who ran elections and, and worked at the polling places in this community, because we got calls and texts to people saying they did such a great job. Right. Our, yeah. our people here in the city did a great job. And that's true. And we should be proud of that. But that's not the point, as you just said, Rick.
0: Yeah, we our our area was able to you know have election officials working th- those polls and and they didn't they weren't overwhelmed with people. But when you go to Milwaukee, they had a th- over a thousand poll workers quit. Yeah, because they're all older. They're all older volunteers. They're all older people. They're in that category where I mean in Winona County. The last three days, we've seen three people die of COVID nineteen. The Winona County has five deaths. Luckily, Lacrosse hasn't had any deaths yet. Those five deaths are, are people that are between the ages of seventy nine and a hundred. And uh, I'm not sure if poll workers are seventy nine years old, but I'm I'm sure you know. When I went to to vote a couple weeks ago in 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 Minnesota, yeah, there's some people that are up there in age, and those people don't want to go work at election polls because. They're they're in that category of the the most at risk category. But what I'm getting at with this is, we we have this like uh, this bubble that we're living in in La Crosse, and and everything seems good. So the elections went well, right? We we have one new case of COVID 19 in La Crosse, but everything seems to be, you know, we don't have any deaths yet. It's it seems to be pretty level. We're not too afraid of this thing. Maybe. You know, and maybe we're doing a great job social distancing. Maybe it's the fact that there's not just a ton of people in, in lacrosse either. Cause it's probably a combination of that. But when you go to other cities, it, it, you know, even Milwaukee is being hit very hard by this. Madison's being hit pretty hard. But New York City is being hit like in the, the, the most in the world. Like the New York City's being hit harder than any place in the world. And I don't think we, we understand that living in this bubble we do in lacrosse. Because it's just hard to relate to so like, we can't relate to people voting in Milwaukee because we, we didn't have to go through that. We didn't have a thousand poll workers quit and 180 polling stations go down to five. And then when with the virus, we see, oh, one new case, two people out of the 26 have been hospitalized. It's not even that many and nobody's died in La Crosse County. So we have this other bubble too. that. And it's, that's good news. But then I, I feel like people should, you know, like this will be a way to relate a little bit with this interview with Jordan. And we'll bring her back in a couple of weeks and ask her, you know, how, how was it in New York City? So, um, yeah, we're going to get to that interview. Jordan Kazi Genoa native. Uh, she's also an MMA fighter. She was the, she's an MMA fighting nurse. So people in the MMA crowd might know her from around here. And uh, we're going to talk to her when we come back after the news right here on Wisdom. Okay. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone now, a Genoa native. Her name is Jordan Kazi. She's an MMA fighter, which is like, what? Why are we bringing an MMA fighter on a news talk radio show? But she's also a registered nurse in an ICU. She worked for the last five years out of Saint Paul as a trauma, as a trauma RN, I guess. Jordan, is that how? Is that the best way to say that? Yep. Okay, Jordan. Jordan Kazi a, a trauma nurse in St. Paul but you've you've recently resigned that position and can you tell us uh why and wh- where you're going?
2: Yeah, so I with this whole coronavirus going on, I think anyone who follows that knows that New York is getting hit pretty hard right now and they're requesting nurses with any kind of Skill level to come over and help out. So when I saw that, I felt like I could uh, use my skills to go over there and do that. But in order to do, go to New York and help out, I had to resign from my trauma job, which I love, but and hope to come back to. So I'll be going over to New York City for. Eight weeks, and I leave in two days.
0: Okay, so does an MMA career kind of help you have the courage to to head into New York City? As you know, they announced you know as yesterday or, or so eighty seven thousand cases, five thousand deaths. This is New York City alone. I think as high as nineteen hundred deaths in a twenty four hour period. I, I don't want to go to New York. What are what are you doing?
2: I guess it, it takes the same kind of values. For someone to walk into an octagon and someone who also would go to New York City to take this head on. People ask if I'm afraid, both when fighting and going to New York. And I always say, yeah, I mean, I always have a little bit of fear, but that's what kind of keeps me on edge. I feel like fear keeps us honest and it keeps us sharp. So there's a little bit of fear, but there's a lot of excitement. Uh, I guess you could say I'm an adrenaline junkie. I kind of like to go dive in headfirst into the unknown and things that, you know, the unknown roads. So this is just another uh, challenge for me. I like a challenge. Uh, And obviously the MMA gyms are closed. Another suffering with the community businesses going on. So while they're closed, I might as well go fight a bigger beasts until they reopen
0: Now yesterday Minnesota had its its I think largest death toll in a single day and I'm sure you heard about that but do you can you just describe and you I, I will I will call you in a week or so maybe in a couple of weeks to ask you about New York but what is it like working in a trauma ward right now in St Paul because the, the obviously the the virus hasn't hit as hard in Minnesota but it's still you know we're at around 1200 cases in in the state.
2: Yeah, I feel like uh, the hospitals across the United States have, have really done a pretty good good job surge planning. I and mean, what I mean by that is, you know, they've done things to limit, like, elective surgeries, and that has freed up positions of nurses to go into the other departments for help and to preserve our PPE. So we have a lot of help right now and we have a lot of resources right now in Minnesota. So I'm not too concerned about leaving Minnesota to go to New York. I think that we are projected to be about three weeks or so behind, but then we're not supposed to get hit as hard. So, I mean, my thought on that is that I'll go to New York, complete this eight weeks. And by the time I come back, if there's a need here, I'll have my experience to help out here as well.
0: Uh, you never know if they they end up having a surge down the road, and and when your eight weeks are up in, in New York City, and it and it sounds like New York City is at its peak right now. It might even be, it might have even crested a little bit. I'm, it, nobody knows for sure, but the way the data works overseas, uh, it, it sounds like maybe New York is hitting its crest. But it, that sounds like good news. But New York itself has 150 over 150,000 cases, and in New York City alone, over 87,000 cases, 5,000 deaths. We're talking to Jordan Kazi. She's an ICU nurse. She's headed to New York City. And I don't know, when did you start hearing about this? And then you, you and a group of people, right? A couple of friends, you're all going to do this together?
2: Yeah. You know, once I started hearing... The media talk about New York City, and I was kind of blown away at the numbers. And I started doing some research myself online, so I'd go into some nursing forums that I'm a part of and see what the nurses in New York were saying. And I found a couple entries that, you know, were a little disturbing. They talked about what a day looked like, and it just sounded terrible. And then at the end, they would say, if you're an able body and you can come to New York, like, please, we need help. We're not okay over here. So after I saw that, I really started thinking, like, you know what, maybe I should go. Something inside me is telling me that they need me, and why not? Like, I don't have kids. I'm young and healthy. So then I woke up one morning, and I just kind of said to my husband while we were drinking coffee, Hey, Nick, what would you think if I uh, went to New York for, on a contract to help out at the, uh, at the hospitals over there and I was kind of, like, holding my breath, like, he's going to tell me I'm crazy. And then all of a sudden, he just looked at me, and he's like, if you feel like you, you need to do that, like, I know the kind of person you are, so do it. And I was just like, really? That's it? And I was like, okay. So then after that, I texted a couple of my coworkers who I'm close with, and I said, hey, guys, like, I'm thinking about taking a contract in New York. Um, am I crazy? <laughs> they were like, that's so wild. Like, we were thinking the same thing. We want to do that, too. We should all do it together. And then one thing kind of led to the next, and... Literally, we all applied with a recruiter that morning, and we got job offers by 7 p.m. that night. So that's how much like they were hurting and looking for people to come over. So that kind of solidified, like, okay, I'm making the right decision. If We got a job offer less than 12 hours after, like, sending all of our application. And, like, this is crazy.
0: Now, I see what's really going on here. Your husband, Nick, is like, yeah, get out of here. I kind of want an eight-week vacation where I don't have a wife to to bug me. And I can play video games and, you know, eat whatever I want and and just chill and watch TV all the time.
2: (laughs) Oh, he. He's actually a seasonal worker himself. Uh, he works construction so he is ready to go back to work he's been off all winter he's like dang it, I'm waiting for that phone call I want to go back to work too
0: yeah <laughs> whatever you both you probably both could go I don't know how we're working out in that regard but I bet I bet uh, there would be plenty of jobs over there for him too uh, once once again speaking with Jordan Kazia, she's a Genoa native and you how long have you been an MMA fighter
2: I still Actually, got into MMA once I came to Minnesota, and that was about six years ago. About six years now, I've been training, and then I've been competing the last probably four to four years.
0: And how much uh, does your nursing experience help you in your MMA fighting? Because I'm sure you end up bloody once in a while, maybe.
2: <laughs> actually, I've never. I am happy. I am actually pretty prideful to say I've never bled my own blood. It's really weird. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <but laughs> my my face is like blown up where I've had hematoma, but I've never actually bled my own blood. Okay. But, I mean, the trauma nursing helps more in the sense of, like, I'm used to the chaos. Like, there's not a lot that... I'm not really fearful of a lot. I've seen a lot of been through a lot people i understand that people have way worse days than any bad day i can have either competing or in the gym so i think that helps like my mentality when i'm competing i do it strictly because of passion like there's always that little side of fear but i'm not worried i'm not fearful when i compete like other people are like i don't know how you do that i'd be so afraid to get hit in the face but mainly mma is a different world for me it's com- Fully about passion. I could talk about it all night and I won't, <laughs> but yeah, they kind of tie in together just because I, with my experiences as a tra- um, trauma nurse, I can just see like, I got one life. A lot of people's are cut short. I'm going to do in life what makes me feel the most passionate, and that's what MMA gives
0: me. Have you ever walked into the ICU uh, after a fight one night, and then somebody, oh, do you need help? We're, we'll get you on a gurney quick, because your face is all blown <laughs> up, and, and they don't understand that you actually work there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, that hasn't happened yet, thankfully, but when I do walk into work wearing my fake glasses, people know that I have uh, either a puffy eye or a black eye that I couldn't quite cake enough makeup on, so I just throw my glasses on to hide it a little better.
0: <laughs> Wait, are they sunglasses? Because that's got to look awful silly if for ICU nurses, sunglasses on.
2: Oh, no, they're just big, fake aviator-looking glasses that <laughs> frame my eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a patient kind of go, man, what? What? maybe you should be laying here and I should be helping you? What happened?
2: <laughs> no, thankfully not.
0: No? Okay, so uh, that means you're a pretty good MMA fighter, I think. Maybe you, you haven't been beaten up yet, hopefully yet, ever, where it comes to that.
2: Uh, not yet. I plan not to with my training. <laughs> I got to trust the training.
0: All right. We're talking with Jordan Kazi. She, she just resigned. Her position is an ICU trauma nurse in St. Paul. She's headed to New York City to help battle COVID-19 as New York City has seen 87,000 cases. The city alone, 5,000 or so deaths. twenty thousand people Over 20,000 people have been hospitalized. Do they set you up with living, uh, the living situation? Because I, I know it's not really cheap to live in New York.
2: It is not. And people are actually have, a lot of people have fled and are renting their houses out just for basically the base monthly pay so they don't lose it. Because I've seen anywhere from, I'll give you like a range, like 3500 up to like $8,000 a month. <laughs> that people have been asking. And when I would email people like, hey, do you think, you know, we're coming here for eight weeks or any kind of discount or something you can help us with? They were like, no, this is literally my base pay a month. And I'm just trying to rent it to the healthcare workers that are flooding to the city so I don't lose my place.
0: I know a friend in New York City right now who wants to go to St. Paul. So maybe I'll get you in contact with her and you guys can just trade. Uh, She can live (laughs) with your husband. It'll be fine. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And then I, I guess, do they prepare you at all you know you said you went through an interview it sounded like you almost went through an army recruiter type situation where they recruit you and, and wham bam 24 hours later you're you're signed up and headed to you know the the reserves or whatever but you're headed to new york city to be a nurse on saturday right you're going tomorrow
2: yep i'm going on saturday and then i actually we start on monday morning at 7 a.m so we wanted a full day to kind of check the area out you know settle in whatnot
0: yeah, definitely. Do they do they prepare you at all for what you're about to see or have they or have they sent you information or a- any kind of training or do, I mean you're going to get all that right 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 on Monday.
2: From what I've heard, this is not like the regular trauma nur- or travel nurse Usually they give you like a full orientation wherever you're traveling. We get a day. So we'll go there for one day, get the rundown on where we're working, and then we start on our own the very next day. And I think that's pretty accelerated, and it's not common in the ICU especially. But, I mean, from what I've heard and from the forums and stuff, right now before the travel nurses are coming over, like they're basically having medical surgical nurses run drips and ventilators and... Different kind of central lines and patients that usually is a specialty thing, and they're like having these med surge nurses run that stuff. And from what I heard, like it's not obviously not going well, but they have no choice. So I think that it was expedited in the fact that I got a job offer less than twelve hours because they saw my experience and were like, "We want her. We will have. We'll take this ICU trained ICU nurse over trying to have our med surge nurse run this stuff that they have never." seen before
0: so yeah do you will Um, you get do you think you'll get crash courses on stuff that you haven't had to do before or do you kind of know all that stuff and and will you work with covid patients or will you work somewhere else where then other nurses can then go you know battle with the covid patients or do you not know
2: I have no idea to be honest. I've heard that they're converting areas of the hospitals in New York to ICUs that usually are operating rooms, just like general care floor rooms, different areas of the emergency department. So I have no idea. All I know is that I'm going over there and I'm expecting to the worst. but I'm going full speed ahead and I'm ready to just take on whatever they give me. And I think that's kind of the attitude the travelers have to have because, We don't know anything, and the media doesn't show the inside. So it's just kind of like go over there, we bring our skill set, and just come and help. Put out any fires we
0: can. Do you try not to read anything about what's going on, or do you try to read everything about what's going on to prepare yourself? Because, you know, like the headline in Business Insider right now or yesterday is 80% of New York City's coronavirus patients who are put on a ventilator ultimately die. And some doctors are trying to stop using them. And this other headline, or well, a sentence from another story experts have said that 40 to 50% of patients with severe respiratory issues die while on ventilators. So that's just ventilator stuff, but it's just, this is scary scary thoughts to to think that and you're headed there you know
2: yeah i don't read a lot of media stuff anymore like i uh, said i'm a part of a few different nursing forums so i try to read firsthand from the nurses that post on there what they're experiencing to kind of prepare myself a lot of that stuff it's scary but it gets taken down really fast i don't know who's taking it down but someone's taking it down but the stuff that i do get a glimpse Glimpse of it. It seems pretty scary, but like I said, I'm ready. I feel like I have um, the skill set and the experience to help them out. So the statistics are scary, but you know, the healthcare workers over there are pleading for help. They need help. So that's what I'm going to do is ultimately to help them this terrible virus going on.
0: Okay. Uh, Jordan Kazi, thanks a lot for for talking with us and and thanks for being brave and, and going over there.
2: Heck yeah. Just everyone, you stay safe. Stay smart, and this too shall pass.
0: I guess maybe we'll we'll talk to you in a week or two, and and see how everything's going.
2: Yeah, I look forward to it. All right, see ya. See ya. Thanks.
0: All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. Rick Solem, 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. Grant Bills running the board and on the Facebook Live video. Grant, I did just send you an Instagram video that you want to check out. This kind of has to do with the conversation we just had with Jordan Kazi, yeah, who uh, ICU nurse out of St. Paul, quit her job, headed to New York City to help take on this coronavirus pandemic. And Grant, go look at that while I while I kind of give every give the the update right now. I'm uh, on it. New York State broke a uh, single its uh, largest single day coronavirus death toll for the third consecutive day, and Governor Andrew Cuomo announced um, he announced this yesterday. So this was yesterday. He announced yesterday that he wanted the uh, the outbreak is going to impact the state's economy. It's going to be more devastating than 9-11. So that's that's what's going on in New York. New York State recorded seven hundred ninety nine deaths yesterday or Wednesday from the coronavirus. Uh, the death toll is now at seven. Thousand sixty seven. That was Wednesday, so that was two days ago. Thought I had the latest numbers there, but um, so I I think uh, yeah, seven hundred seventy seven deaths today. I believe uh, April tenth. Yep, seven hundred seventy seven deaths. Seven thousand eight hundred forty four total in New York State. So the video I have Grant looking at, which is really um, I, I can't even I can't even believe it. I thought is this fake, but it's from the Washington Post, and it's just an aerial video. Of, you know, you'd think this would be this was what was happening in Iran when they were trying to cover up the coronavirus numbers. It's an aerial video. Let me look and make sure here uh, of Hart Island in New York. And it's just they've got bulldozers not bulldozer. They have a, they've got forklifts driving uh Essentially, unknown COVID victim deaths, unknown people in in coffins. They're just burying them in, in mass graves on Hart Island in New York. Can you believe that, Grant?
1: I didn't want to believe it at first. Like my my first reaction was the same as yours to see where it was from, right, and and to make sure it was legit because there have been, there have actually been rumblings of this. I've seen reporters mention this. Like New York has a plan if it comes to it. To do some of these, you know, public burials where people will be buried, you know, in, in mass graves is such a it's such a a dark way to put it, but that's essentially what it is, right? It is some of these victims who are without a family or they don't know anything about or they're unclaimed, essentially. They're going to bury them in in public places. And a week ago, I thought, man, there's no way it gets to that. But here we are, you know, on on April 10th, and they're burying people in mass graves in New York. It's it's crazy. Yeah, they've essentially on Heart Island have dug a trench.
0: And if you go to the Washington Post Instagram, I'm sure maybe it's on their Facebook page too. But that's sort of where I saw it. dug dug a trench, and they've just got these you know pine wood looks like pine wood coffins on top of each other, and they're just inside a big old trench and. Um, yeah, unknown COVID victims, unclaimed COVID victims, is what the uh the caption says. So very hard to believe. It's very hard for us to relate. It's kind of what I was getting at. Hard for us to relate in in Lacrosse County and in this area. You know, Winona County a little different. They've had five deaths, so a, a lot of those people, well, all of those people between seventy nine and a hundred years old. So impacting that population a little bit more, but. It's just something that maybe it's hard for us to relate to unless we see it. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry to show you that, Grant, but it's something that you know maybe maybe it's stuff we need to see just to to kind of figure out or to, to kind of I guess relate to to what's going on.
1: I think it's stuff we need to see because it's really easy to to live in our bubble, right? In rural Wisconsin, and I know lacrosse is on Alaska. Like they're they're not tiny towns, but they're nothing compared to New York. They're nothing compared to Milwaukee. So it's difficult for us to wrap our mind around an election or a pandemic when we definitely are privileged uh, to, to be able to socially distance ourselves, right? To be able to, to space out at work and where we live and people in New York can't do that. And that's something we need to, to keep in mind. Yeah. And
0: in the, the state parks in Wisconsin closed too, Uh just yesterday, the day before the governor shut those down. Uh, we can do these phone calls quick. And then I want to get to the interview with the uh, Lacrosse County health department, but let's just go, Eric from Sparta. You're on with Rick and Grant. Go ahead, Eric.
3: Yeah, with all due respect, i uh, uh, Saturday mornings, I really enjoy listening to Mike's market and Dan's deals and stuff
1: like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Eric, I, we're, I, we're social I think distancing. If, if they continue that, it make people's mind at ease, something, something towards normalcy at least.
0: Yeah, Eric, we're, uh, we're, we're trying to keep as few people in the studio as possible. So, yeah, I'm sorry. A couple of people have called about Mike's market and Dan's deals. You'll just have to go online to uh, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace to to uh, see what's for sale out there. Um, Ron is on the line as well. Ron, go ahead. You're on Lacrosse lacrosse.pm.
1: Yes, hi, guys. Uh, I was wondering if you guys have heard that, like, the countries on or near the equator, like Hawaii, you don't hear much about Hawaii with this uh, coronavirus. If uh, that has any bearing on this disease, that's my question for you. You guys have a nice weekend, and uh, happy Easter.
0: All right, thanks a lot, Ron. You thanks, too. Ron. Um, I, I actually, I see, I, I'm not really sure what's going on in, in Hawaii. Honestly, it's an Island. I will tell you this. I believe on Monday I'm going to, I have a friend that lives in Australia. So Ron, if you want to listen on Monday, my friend, Paul Clemens, he's a, a, a former roommate of mine in college. He's going he gonna, to, he's going to, he's going to kind of break down. Cause we've been talking on social media about what's going on here versus there. He can break down what's happening on Australia, which is an Island and uh so similar to hawaii in that case but and a lot warmer than wisconsin that's for sure yeah so uh that that might be an interesting interview to to listen to on monday but i for at this point i am not i mean i i just figured out the new york numbers cuz they obviously they change so fast i was reading a 3 day old story which which and and you know most most times wouldn't be wouldn't be that bad but if you read a 3 day old story in new york on the covid virus uh you're reading old news cuz it happens, stuff happens different every day, but all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk with, uh, La Crosse County health department, social worker, Lindsay Schwartz Nichols. They, they, they kicked off a campaign today, which will start next week. It's going to call, it's called food drive Fridays. It's something that we, we really need the community to get behind, I think, and, uh, kind of help out fill the food shelves. So we're going to come back. Lindsey Schwartz-Nichols from the La, C- La Crosse County Health Department. Uh, we'll be back right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. We're talking with Lindsey Schwartz-Nichols at the La Crosse County Health Department. Lindsay's a social worker there. You, you sent some information out earlier in the day, Lindsey, about what the county is doing to help, I guess, replenish the food shelves in the area. Can you just talk a little bit about the goal here?
3: Right, so the County Health Department has partnered with the Hunger Task Force of La Crosse because we know that food is a very big public health concern for us. And we want to make sure that our community stays committed to serving low-income families who need food and resources during this COVID-19 time period that we are all living in.
0: Yeah, this might be the most important. I mean, there's social distancing. There's, you know, I think 25 or so cases in the county right now. We're trying to level the curve or flatten the curve, I guess, if you want to call it. But right now, the, the maybe the most important thing in La Crosse County is trying to keep people's, you know, bellies fed, essentially, right?
3: We agree with that. We've got a lot of people in the community that have had to decrease hours or have a furlough or have been laid off. And some of these people are people that typically live paycheck to paycheck. And so when you're taking even less and less going into their pocket... People are having to make really hard choices. We, we've looked at rent and food and just trying to make sure that people have their basic needs met. And we thought that by partnering with Hunger Task Force, as well as the local Rotary Clubs and I Feed and Rotary Lights, that we could make an impact in the community to help stock these shelves through the Hunger Task Force because they serve over 91 food pantries, meal sites, and youth meal programs in La Crosse County alone.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so I talked to the mayor a couple of days ago, and they were talking about, hey, we're as we're going through all the, I guess, the details of a pandemic and, you know, what needs to happen, and they, they kind of stumbled on this, hey, if the mayor goes down, this council president would take over, but if he goes down, we don't have backups to the backups essentially it's in the it's in the you know the writing but they didn't actually appoint anyone you guys are you guys maybe are i, I could i could be wrong but you guys maybe feeling this out a little bit too you're like there's this many food pantries in lacrosse county and oh wow the shelves are bare and we need to we need to do something about that is that kind of how that went or am i guessing here too much
3: well uh- Yeah, I mean, it it is part of it. I've had to do some research over the past couple weeks because, like you mentioned before, I'm the department social worker, but I've never coordinated a community-wide food drive before. And so we were just looking at how can we partner together and work with the community to try to stock these shelves We are looking at local food drives like the National Association of Letter Carriers, the Stamp Out Hunger food drive, that would typically happen in May and how it's been postponed. And so when you postpone a large food drive like that, what's the backup? Mm -hmm. We don't have a backup. So we're trying to kind of pitch it here, and we're going to try to see what we can get from the community through other avenues of collecting instead of that. Something else that I want to mention real quick is that sometimes people donate every week at a regular drop-off location, maybe a drop-off collection box in the back of your local church or something like that. Well, there are a lot of places that are closed. So the food that would be normally coming in isn't coming in from those locations either. So we've had some different ways of doing business lately and and a lot of things that we're doing. So we're just trying to think outside the box a little bit for for this uh, food drive.
0: Yeah, definitely. We're talking with Lindsay Schwartz-Nichols, a social worker at the La Crosse County Health Department. So the idea here is to have people come to three different locations and then is it every friday we're going to open up the the doors or the put out boxes or how how is it going to work uh, is it every friday
3: yeah so we're going to go ahead Starting on Friday, April 17th, so a week from today, we're going to go ahead and start having a Rotary volunteers at three local locations. So we're looking at an Alaska location being the Valley View Mall parking lot, downtown Lacrosse at the Law Enforcement Center parking lot, and then on the south side in the Big Lots parking lot. So we're going to be there all of those Fridays, so seven Fridays until the end of May, every Friday from 11 until 1. We're going to go ahead and be able to collect non-perishable food items as well as cash donations. So we're looking for things like canned meat, so tuna, chicken, peanut butter, soup, any canned fruit, stuffing, rices, potatoes, anything that we can go ahead and get back to the Hunger Task Force that they can get back out to our families and community members in need.
0: When you say the, the mall parking lot, can you can you direct me to a, the mall, that's, a that's a big parking lot, it maybe it'll be park. obvious, but is it like the Dick's side of the mall parking lot, the other side of the mall parking lot?
3: By the Macy's, where Macy's was. Okay. So there will be some barricades and some signage, we'll have some trucks there that'll have big cardboard boxes in the back end that we'll be able to use to collect those items. The other thing that you're going to see is our volunteers will have face coverings and gloves, so we're, they are not sick that we are aware of. We are doing this as a precaution, that if they were sick, that they're not spreading anything. And they're so, not
0: bank robbers trying to rob you of your food. so
3: We are not trying to <laughs> rob you of your food. We we are hoping you are coming and giving freely, um, so we can go ahead and get those pantry shelves stocked.
0: Okay, so yeah, and you guys, like you said, you're working with Hunger Task Force in Lacrosse and... Rotary Club, iFeed, Rotary Lights, they stock the shelves at the food pantries. I asked you this before, and I, I wasn't sure, but do you know how many how many food pantries there are in the county or the area that you guys want to help restock?
3: The Hunger Task Force alone serves 91 food pantries, meal sites, and youth programs within La Crosse County. Something that I learned while doing my research over the past couple weeks are that some of the local food pantries have had to either decrease their hours or closed completely due to their volunteer base being older individuals who are staying home. And that's what we are asking. Please stay home. If you come to our food drive, you are not to get out of your vehicle. It's going to be a drive-through. So we'll go ahead and we'll collect directly from you. We'll keep the traffic moving.
0: I'm going to drive through there, Lindsay, and probably not even go next to the box, but I'm going to shoot my canned goods like a basketball into I'm just going to So you guys will probably have to catch them cuz I'm pretty I haven't go for shot it. a we in a long we time. should
3: have three or four volunteers that like I said face coverings and gloves so you'll know who you need to be shooting at. And they'll
0: be chasing um, cans that are rolling all over the parking lot cuz I couldn't <laughs> make it into the bin.
3: Yeah, so we're looking for for a good turnout and we're going to go ahead we're going to run it 7 7 Fridays 11 to 1 every Friday Valley Mall parking lot by Macy's as well as the County Law Enforcement Center parking lot behind the courthouse. And then the big lots parking lot on the south side of Lacrosse.
0: All right. So starting next week, Friday, one week from today, three locations in Lacrosse, eleven to one p.m. And you can check out all that information at wisdomnews.com. We'll have it up. All right, Lindsay. Thanks. Am I am I missing anything that that we forgot?
3: Nope. I think that's everything.
0: Okay. Cool. Thanks for talking with us. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM couple of minutes left in the show. Grant, you do Wisco Sports Show under normal conditions and you know, we used to talk on Fridays a little bit about sports. Yeah. We haven't been able to do that, you know, just everything it's everything is always so serious and, and runs around the virus and I can, I can say we can relate sports to the virus, you know, for a couple minutes here. Um, two things. I just saw a story about Ryan Braun, Christian Yelich and others kind of doing their part to to help healthcare workers both in Milwaukee and I think in LA. Uh, You know, if you you want to search, I don't know the, I don't know all the details, but um, it's kind of cool that to see, you know, like our local sports heroes or our sports stars kind of helping out in any way they can, as they, you know, don't have anything else to do. But on top of that, they, they're actually talking about playing baseball in Arizona. How much, how many, how much detail do you have on, on the fact that, because the the way I hear it is they're going to play in in just the the minor league parks over there, and yeah. everyone's going to be quarantined for the whole time. But man, it just sounds like disaster. If one guy gets it,
1: uh, what happens? Does it does it end right then and there? Well, that's it exactly, Rick. I Dave Carney he does mornings with Dave and Scrady on our sister station WK2I. He wrote a column on our website WKTYSports and he believes that sports should not be started until we can do them correctly. Right. I I agree with him. Let's wait until we can do sports normally to start sports again. Like until we can put butts in seats, even if it's fewer fans or if it's smaller venue, whatever, until we can at least operate under a 99% sense of normalcy. I don't want sports back because just what you mentioned, Rick, let's say we go through all this planning, right? let we make the schedules, we get the venues, we figure out how we're going to isolate all these baseball players. And then one guy gets it. It's shot. It's done. Just like that. Like, like at the snap of a finger, like what happened to the NBA, uh, a month ago on Wednesday night where they were about to start a game and they said, nope, and we have not you know, dribbled a basketball since. One baseball player gets it, Rick. It's done. That's it.
0: I did hear another uh, former NBA or he was a Duke point guard. I can't remember who he what his name is. The guy that got in a motorcycle accident. I think he was the number one overall pick. He got a motorcycle accident. and His career was over. But he was saying, hey, the NBA, he's a columnist or, you know, analyst on, on ESPN now. The NBA, maybe they should think about playing, uh, you know, quarantining everyone on some cruise ships and playing, Ugh. playing all their games in the ocean. I was like, man, that's just the petri dish of COVID nineteen. Yeah,
1: and it was, and it was Jay Williams. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, that's him. That, yep. that seems like a Jay. W- I like Jay Williams because he's so positive all the time. But also, like Jay, we don't live in a utopia. Like we're not putting all of the NBA guy. It just, I, I think everybody is 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 trying to shoot all these ideas out there to see what sticks. Like, let's buy a private Island. That's what Dana White was going to do. And the UFC suspended everything indefinitely last night. They were kind of the last league or last entity to do so, right? Let's get all the NBA teams together in one place in Vegas. It's like, I don't, I don't want to finish a season. I don't want to crown a champion based on a, on a weekend, AAU style tournament at a, at a, at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Like that's not, if we're not going to do it right, let's just not do it. Like that's how I feel. And one player of any of these leagues getting sick, we're done. We're yeah, shot. I so just, I, I just don't think it's worth it. It's it feels a little
0: part part of me selfishly is to be like yeah, it would be nice to just even like the mundaneness of baseball like oh, having I, it on the absolutely. TV would be nice to watch selfishly and then uh, uh, but on the flip side and also selfishly I'm like man, you guys really just you you know you you organizations and maybe maybe I understand this but uh, but they are you know, all pretty well off, but they all want their money, right? The TV money isn't coming in, so these guys are all hard up for 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 cash.
1: I you know, Rick, it's funny you mentioned like the like baseball's almost a boring sport, and people use that as an insult. Like baseball's boring. It's nothing like basketball or football, but honestly, like, that's kind of what makes baseball nice, right, is it's a little boring. Like, I can watch a little bit while I'm cooking dinner. I can listen to it on the radio. Like, I, it's nice to get in that routine. Every night, 6-10 or 7-10, we got a game, all right? And if it goes poorly, we'll have another one tomorrow. And if it goes great, we'll have another one tomorrow. Like, just the, the mundane routine that is baseball God, wouldn't that be nice right now? Like, I agree, but its I, I just don't think it's worth it.
0: Well, and then, and we're, I think we're especially spoiled in Wisconsin with Bob euchre on WKTY and, and oh, yeah. listening to those games. Isn't that happening this weekend? I, I, I'm i looking <laughs> for Scraty's email. Isn't it's, there a Brewer It's game? funny you
1: ask. Yep, we are playing on Sunday, and I know because I'm board hopping it, so I'll be in the studio kind of making sure everything goes well, but we're playing, just like last Sunday, we're playing a classic Brewer game. We're playing game five of the NLDS from 2011 when, spoiler alert, Nigel Morgan walks it off. <laughs> Um, and Gomez scores to to push the Brewers through into the National League Championship Series. So that game is going to be on Sunday. If you haven't seen it, I just spoiled it for you. I'm sorry, but it's going to be a blast. We're doing these old Brewer games. I like it. Yeah, I don't think there's
0: a—I know it's funny when you talk
1: about, like, you know, let's talk about the movie Top Gun and
0: spoiler alert, you know, and like you give— I don't even know. I can't even give you a—spoiler alert, Goose dies in Top Gun. Like, what? Why would you do that? I think that's—you're good there. And it, it maybe there's some newer movies that you got to do the spoiler alert. Sports, there's no way we need to do spoiler alerts with sports. Even though when yeah. I'm writing those stories up, I, <laughs> I do the same thing.
1: Sorry, it's like yeah, Nigel Morgan's gonna walk it off, but to hear the Euchre call, like I, I know it. You know, here comes Gomez. He's gonna score. Like I've <laughs> I've heard that call so many times, and it's cool to to be able to hear that game in its entirety on on Sunday. So it'll start at noon. No pregame, no postgame, and and not a lot of commercial interruption. We're just gonna enjoy a brewer game on Sunday, and Sunday baseball games are my favorite. Rick, like sitting down on a Sunday afternoon to watch a game, that's my favorite time. So it's kind of cool that we get that this weekend. Yeah, and just having it on, even
0: like you just crank the radio and you're out in your backyard gardening or you know doing whatever, and it's just like having Bob Uecker on. Doing spring cleaning, absolutely, it's perfect. Um, All right, so before we wrap up, uh, it was it was great to talk with uh, La Crosse County. And and doing what they're doing uh with the Hunger Task Force this Food Drive Friday, starting next Friday, the locations Valley View Mall, the Cross County parking lot behind the courthouse, and big lot, Southside. Next Friday, non-perishable foods. Go to wisdomnews.com, look for the little picture of canned goods on the shelves. And last thing, also if you guys want to help out, go to aroundrivercity.com, click on the Healthcare for Heroes Act. We're taking small donations, we're giving those to local food places, restaurants. And those restaurants are taking that food and giving it to our healthcare workers. So we're doing like two birds with one stone there, helping healthcare workers and local restaurants. All right. Have a good weekend, guys. Thanks.